everyone, this is Dr. LaToya, your wellness expert, and welcome to Becoming Well. Today we are on episode five, and our topic um, today is identifying oppositional behaviors. So during our last episode, the conversation was surrounding um, identifying those voices that were oppositional, and I got a lot of great feedback from that episode. It seemed to resonate with all of you in a very effective and productive way. And today we're now talking about identifying those oppositional behaviors. Now, though it sounds similar, today may be a little bit different as it definitely digs a little deeper into our disease, our dis-ease. As always, when we're thinking of wellness, remember that we're thinking from the lens of creating an active plan for how we address every part of who we are to achieve wellness, right? So as we bring to light our behaviors today, I want you to think about behaviors in every part of your existence, your body, your soul, and your spirit. So let's dive in. When we think of behaviors, we basically think of how we act, what we do. And if you ever took some time to observe your own behaviors, it definitely will cause you to ask a lot of questions. Questions like, where did I get that from? When did I start doing that? Why do I do that? And so many more questions. Well, I want us to go a little bit further in looking at our behaviors and look at it from a concept that's called the triad of cognition. We know triad stems from the word three, right? It means three. There are three parts to something. And so I want you to go with me in your imagination and visualize a triangle, three points, right? And at the top of this triangle, that top point of the triangle, I want you to see thoughts. Then we want to come down the left side of the triangle to that left base point, and we want to see the word feelings or emotions. And then we want to travel to the right, to the right base point, And we want to see the word behaviors. And then obviously we go back up to the top, which is thoughts. Thoughts, feelings or emotions, and behaviors. Now, according to a theory, it's called the cognitive behavioral theory. Essentially, it says that our thoughts affect how we feel. Our feelings affect how we behave. But we often see behaviors first. We don't always see people's feelings. We don't always see their thoughts, right? But what we do see is their behaviors. So let's think about it. When you interact with a person, you first encounter them, how they behave, what their actions are, what they do. And that's usually what our experience is with every individual we encounter. But behind that behavior is a feeling. And behind that feeling is a thought. So let's say someone is, they're behaving withdrawn or standoffish, attitudinal, right? We would normally judge that behavior and make assumptions about that person. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Yes, you would, because I know I would, right? But what we don't see and what we don't know is that they are withdrawn and standoffish and attitudinal because they've been feeling lonely and afraid. And they've been feeling lonely and afraid because they've been thinking perpetually, ruminating in their mind has been the thoughts of whether they deserve to be loved and accepted. You see it now? You see how everything 
that transpires with us is connected. And guess what? This is not just a linear relationship. It doesn't just travel from thought to feeling, then feeling to behavior. But eventually it turns into an integrated relationship where everything affects everything else. And what that simply means is that when before our behaviors were first being affected by our feelings and our feelings were being affected by our thoughts, now our behaviors have also become this very impacting source for how we feel and or how we think. Are you following me? Does it make sense? Yeah. If you observe your behaviors, you've probably asked the question, what was I thinking? How was I feeling when I was doing that? What would cause me to do that? But now we also have to find ourselves on a different plane where we're now having to acknowledge because I did it, because I behave that way, now I'm starting to think about myself differently, think about myself in a negative way, feel negatively about who I am. That's where I want us to be today. I want us to specifically ask the question, what behaviors have become oppositional to me? They cause me to think negatively. They cause me to feel in a negative way about myself. What behaviors have become oppositional to who I am, the very essence of my being? Now, if you don't know me that well, um, I will share that I speak, I live, I breathe, I function, I see from a purpose perspective. And essentially what that means for me is that I just believe that we all have a word or a purpose, purposes that we embody. And our goal every single day is to do everything we can to become that every day of our lives. That concept of who I was created to be, not just what I was created to do. Yeah, that too. But all of what I do, all of what I've done, all of what I will do, everything I've experienced or encountered, what I will experience and encounter, all of that is leading me to purpose. That's my belief. And so with that understanding, any behaviors that I act upon, anything that I do, I believe that it must line up with my purpose. So here we are with questions again. What am I doing that does not align with my purpose? What am I doing that directly opposes my purpose and everything that's needful for me and my purpose? Well, I want to take us a little bit further um, and talk about three different categories of these oppositional behaviors. And I think these are three categories that we must understand as we're trying to identify them in our lives, these oppositional behaviors, right? So the first category is direct oppositional behavior. Direct oppositional behavior. These are those behaviors that are very straightforward, right? They're straightforward in their opposition. Um, Those Things that we know good and well are not good for us or our wellness, period. Okay? (laughs) These are what we call reckless behaviors. Those things, they're not good, but somehow we find ourselves losing all restraint and behaving 
in this way without reason or even cause at times. I think you already know some of those reckless behaviors, right? So to identify these, the question we must ask is, what am I doing that is bad in nature and is destructive to me? Now, this seems like an easy enough question to ask and an easy enough question to answer. It would seem as though there's nothing that we would be doing that is bad in nature and totally destructive to who we are. But I beg to differ. We do it all the time. We find ourselves engaging in behaviors that we know are bad. We know it's not good for us, but somehow it is good to us. And that's the kicker. That's the hook. When things, behaviors are good to us, they feel good, though we know they're not good for us or our wellness. So for me, I I can identify a long list of behaviors that are direct oppositional behaviors for me. But one that I'll identify right now is eating fried foods every day. Fried foods are one of my favorite foods. And when I say fried, I mean fried chicken, fried shrimp, fried fish, fried french fries, fried okra, and I can continue to go down the line, right? (laughs) I'm from Mississippi. I'm a country girl. So I love anything fried. And for me, if it's being fried, I want it hot out of the grease. Okay. That kind of fried food, right? But I know good and well that if I were to partake of that every day, For even a week, that is not good for me in any way. And it's certainly not good for my wellness. It does not provide for me anything that's going to be beneficial to my well-being. So that's directly oppositional behavior for me, right? So before we go to the next step, just take a breath in, inhale. And exhale. There we go. There we go. We're digging a little deeper today. The next category of oppositional behaviors is indirect oppositional behavior. Now, these are behaviors that have a roundabout way of being oppositional. They're not direct. They're not straightforward, but they find their way coming around the bend and usually end up being oppositional for us. They start off one way, which is seemingly non-oppositional, ironically, In no way is it directly standing against who we are, or at least it's not unobtrusive to who we are. But then they start to turn and we notice that what was once non-oppositional to me, somehow I started to assume that it was supportive of me and my wellness. Mm. But now I see that it's not making me well. Oftentimes we get distracted with these behaviors, because before we can really begin to notice them, we've already been bitten by them. So that brings us to the question in this moment to ask, what am I doing that is neither good or bad in nature, but it's of no benefit to me? When I think of me, I have to think of engaging in meaningless relationships. Now, A little bit about me with relationships. I believe all relationships have purpose for sure. Even the bad ones, right? Even those that turn out horrific. 
they have some type of purpose in them for me. But there have been times, I have to admit, that I have engaged in relationships with people that just seemed okay and it seemed that it was no threat, but it was usually based off of convenience. Mm. And I never did what it took to change that relationship because I assumed it was good because it wasn't bad. Wow. Are there any behaviors or cycles in your life that you are just assuming they are good because they are not bad? My question for you is, are they beneficial? Are they purposeful? And let me be clear, beneficial and purposeful relationships are not just those in which you receive directly from the other person. There are relationships that I have with people where I'm the sole giver. There are relationships that all of us have with people where we are the sole person that is giving in the relationship. But what we're getting back is not necessarily directly from the other person. Sometimes it's fulfillment. Sometimes it's just feeling as though what I'm pouring is actually helping and assisting somebody else. And that's enough. Those are beneficial and purposeful as well. Just to be clear. Before we go further, let's take another breath. Inhale. And exhale. All right. Category three. Indistinct oppositional behaviors. Now, these are the behaviors that are not very clear. They're not distinguishable at all with being oppositional or affirmative. These are those behaviors that look really good in terms of being the right thing to do, but they are very much silent killers. Mm. With these, we have to really stop, assess, and ask the hard questions. So here in this moment, the question um, that we must ask is, what am I doing that is good in nature, but destructive to me? So this example is a little bit heavier and a lot more transparent for me. So bear with me. But I've always known that I was what most people would call a people pleaser, believe it or not. But over the years, as I've grown and developed from a child up until now, I've worked diligently to balance myself and adjust how I show up, making sure that I show up less from a need to please people and more from a need to be on purpose and share the gift of making people better. There is a difference between those two. But recently I had a conversation with a friend and I realized that despite my efforts to balance that, I had missed some oppositional behaviors that supported my disease to please, which only undermines my worth. Mm. Those are his exact words to me. And they dug deep into my soul. See, I thought I had adjusted and gotten rid of not realizing that what I was doing was good in nature for others. They were benefiting. And that was awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. But all of that awesomeness, all of that goodness distracted me from seeing how those behaviors were detrimental to my being. Mm. What are you doing that's good for others but destructive to you? Again, a point of clarification, it is good to do good. 
but good produces good to every person involved. If it's not doing that, then that simply might mean that it's not good for you, at least not right now. I know that's heavy. It's heavy for me, too. I told you we're going to be digging a little deeper today. So thank you for coming along with me during what I call this excavation. But it's okay because this is pushing us to becoming well. So as a reminder, there are some questions that we must ask ourselves. Number one, what am I doing that is bad in nature and is destructive to me? Number two, what am I doing that is neither good or bad in nature but it is of no benefit to me. And number three, what am I doing that is good in nature, but destructive to me? Mm. Isn't it amazing how these small acts, these behaviors, these years of perpetual but subtle actions can lead to the utter destruction of who we are? So right now in this space, questions must be asked and answered. Truths and realities must be acknowledged. And decisions to be different must be made. Your wellness, my wellness, our wellness requires that we not only do positive things, but that we begin to identify and eliminate the direct, indirect, indistinct, subtle, undetectable things, behaviors that keep us from being well. Will you start today? Until the next time. Becoming well.